welcome to So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as the prophecy foretold, I'm joined by Sam and Carl, who will both be surprised by the following question, even though I ask it every week. How are you doing, boys? What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good, mate. Good. I was just enjoying how much you were gesticulating on that one. That was new. Mm. My name is Evan, he said, pointing at himself. <laughs> I think it's got to the point where it's so routine that you could do that in your sleep. <laughs> I can always find that level. Oh, I'm glad you're back. But Colin, you haven't answered again. Again, you haven't answered. <laughs> just tell me you're all right. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm excited. It's the first week of our Sean William Scottathon. It's going to be fun. Oh God, that's not that <laughs> official. Oh that's not happening. Right, it's week one of one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, this week, uh, for some unknown reason, Carl has chosen 2003's Bulletproof Monk, starring Sean William Scott. Uh, Famous from American Pie, I guess, among probably other things, and Chow Yun Fat. Yeah, we're doing we're doing so well, incidentally, at sticking to the sort of uh, loose concept of this being '90s films, given that we're doing almost exclusively 2000s or 1980s films recently. I think we'd long since given up on that. As long as it's a film that someone our age might have seen at some point, we're still within <laughs> yeah. our niche, baby. It counts. <laughs> well, unless either of you has anything to say, shall I get started with our usual plots or not? May as well. It's a little bit different this week, boys. I, I'm sick of Google and its shit plots and ops. And so I've used chat GPT. Have you heard of this? Oh, GTP? yes. I can't wait to hear what comes out of this. Uh, I have not I heard just, of this. Oh, so it's an open AI tool, and it'll essentially do anything. It, it'll do my job for me, which I learned today. I just spent the whole day playing with it to figure out if I could automate my job, which basically I can. Oh, I've just knocked that. Sorry to whoever is editing. Um, so I asked it instead to write a plot synopsis for me of this movie, Bulletproof Monk. And even though this AI has probably never seen this movie, it's done a better job than the people who write it for Google. I was hoping it would be funny, but it's actually decent. So here it comes. It's also very long, so bear with me. <laughs> it's basically summarised the movie. Can I- a young street kid named Carr becomes the apprentice of a mysterious monk with superhuman strength and the power to defy bullets. The monk, known as the Scroll Keeper, is tasked with guarding an ancient scroll that holds the secret to unlimited power. When a nefarious gang led by a ruthless criminal named Strucker threatens to steal the scroll, the monk must train Carr to become the next Scroll Keeper and protect the powerful artifact at all costs. Along the way, they must confront their own personal demons and confront the true meaning of power <sighs> wow that's okay this ai tool knows this film better than me because i'd forgotten the antagonist's name <laughs> i never knew that i thought that was fantastic that synopsis yeah not bad not bad at all for an ai yeah i say that like i'm talking down to it i should be speaking up <laughs> um yeah so there we go that is better than usual which uh, a nice change uh, i also like that to stop myself from making mistakes, I must continually up the tempo of the reading. So I'm going to be doing that throughout. Yeah. Got really excited <laughs> throughout that. So 
I expect that to continue from that level onwards. <laughs> the way you ended there is now your base level. Is that what we're oh, agreeing? No. <laughs> well, shall we crack on? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, what I don't know what was that, that was. <laughs> I'm really yes. tired. I'm going to change my energy to keep in this. Okay, so we are in Tibet, and the year is 1943, which, as we know, is a couple of years after The Matrix and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. So those are the <laughs> sort of fight scenes we are getting in this. This is, I message you boys and apologize today because... The second that fight scene started, I just went, oh, no. I forgot every movie that came out after those two movies was just trying to be those two movies. Yeah, um, but unfortunately this one decided to do it with a green screen and Ooh. clearly a cast of uh, special effects people who did not know how to use a green screen. They did not. Go- For this being the opening scene to get us into the movie... They did not go all out for this. It was just, yeah, your Zoom background over a fight scene. Yeah, yeah. I also, I know that we're literally on the first scene, but I want to bring us back a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Are we we going to the uh, cocoon? Uh, The weird little cocoon thing, yeah. It was such a gloopy intro. Like, there's so much squelching going on, and it's like this, it's this, like, really vague super close-up, uh, sort of under-a-microscope biology thing where it's all gloops and cells and just... It's really a, a really vague interpretation of what probably things look like very, very close-up. And it's like a few movies have done it. I don't know if it qualifies as a trope, but well, I love it. Usually it's a it's superhero great. movie, and that implies that this monk got his powers from a radioactive bullet. Which I think would be a better opening <laughs> for this. So, in our bridge fight, we are introduced to Monk and Older Monk. Older monk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who love and training in the most dangerous, precarious places possible. Yeah. Surely you wouldn't train here. How many interns have you lost? They're probably not called interns. <laughs> I mean, they're unpaid. Had a one, it's whatever they call them. <laughs> Disciples. Maybe? Disciples, I, I said yeah. that with real conviction, and I'm not sure if that's right either. <laughs> so we discover that this is actually a training exercise. It's younger Monk's final training exercise before we find out that he is now ready to become the new guardian of the Scroll of the Ultimate. Yeah, and we find that out now, but he also finds that out now. This guy's been training at the Temple of a Thousand Green Screens for what must be like 40 years, and he's only now learning why he's been training to protect this scroll. Just been doing it for kicks up until now. No pun intended. I mean, at least he's been training. Imagine if you just met him one day and the next day he said, it's yours now. (laughs) And that's the end of the movie. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think... I think this old, this current master at this point in the film clearly forgot to tell him after this point, by the way, keep this se- keep the- keep this secret. Don't go around telling everyone about this scroll because he tells a lot of people. <laughs> He's quite open. <laughs> yeah. But yeah he, he has been training, we assume, in all the many fighting techniques 
is that is the main training required to be the Guardian because you wouldn't give someone this scroll and expect them to spend the next 60 years with their superpowers and their epic fighting skills just running away from everyone who <laughs> might want to steal said scroll. Become the most dangerous weapon in history and flee. Should we explain what the scroll does? Because the um, whole movie relies on this. I, please explain to me what it does. Well, assumedly, well, from the movie, the beginning here, he says that whoever reads the scroll will have an almost godlike power to be able to change reality. And you can either do ultimate good with it or ultimate evil for, with it. But the reason nobody's allowed to read it, they make a point of that, nobody can read it, is because nobody, even the monks, aren't ready to deal with that sort of power yet. Heads up, everybody in this movie has read this fucking scroll. Nobody has <laughs> this godlike power. <laughs> Some of them have sharpied it on their own tummy. Yes, <laughs> So anyone peeping in through the window whilst you change can bend reality to their will. <laughs> oh, I wonder what that says. Some might say it's probably just a better idea to get rid. We probably don't need this scroll of ultimate power for one person. Yeah, if nobody can be trusted, even you, yeah. the most enlightened person on Earth, cannot be trusted to use this scroll, bin it. It's fine. <laughs> get it in the Put shredder. Right in the bin. To quote an episode that was never released... Melt the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, aside from completing his fighting training, he's also fulfilled three prophecies. Number one, to defeat an army of enemies while a flock of cranes circle above. Got a lot of questions already. To <laughs> battle for love in the Palace of Jade. And to free brothers you never knew with a family you never had. Really specific... Uh, he's done all these three things. We don't see when or how or where he did any of these three things. But defeating an army of enemies while a flock of cranes circled above. Uh, how do you set that up? How do you... <laughs> how does that happen? Do you have to, like... Do you beat yeah. a whole army of enemies and then look up and go, oh, fuck me, those were herons. How do I do that again? Well, I mean, we, we see later on that the rules aren't... <laughs> It's open to interpretation. They're guidelines. There's a lot of interpretation, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, are those cranes? Oh, they're kind of winches, really. <laughs> they're cranes. They're cranes. Okay, so the monk has transferred his powers to the monk. <laughs> <laughs> to our monk. Our bulletproof monk. And it sounds like you're taking the piss, but this is actually the movie. Oh, yeah, they, well, yeah, they give up their names as part of this process yeah. so they're all just monk well also this movie is bad for it because i was going to say this later but it's not until 28 minutes 32 in that we even get a name from anyone in this movie until then <laughs> we're just riding along with random people <laughs> we don't have any names uh speaking of characters so i mean so far in the plot we've had established uh monk monk and monk but that is to say, Master Monk, Student Monk, who is our protagonist, and Young Boy, who's kind of sneaking around observing with his pet monkey friend. Yes, like monkey, monkey. And they're, yeah, an extra level of confusion. And they're like, these two, I'm like, this is interesting. What's their deal? What's going on here? How has he got a little pet monkey? What's going yeah. to happen with this? And uh, 
Yeah, really look forward to that being developed. <laughs> we'll get that developed. He's dead. We? Next time we hear about him, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah. Did you not find it quite harsh that if you get charged with protecting this scroll, that's how you spend 60 years of your life, and it says you're protected by time, time will not affect you, until it's then not your turn anymore, and then it just goes, oh, fuck you, you're old now. There's those yeah. 60 years <laughs> I was holding off all at once. Yeah. <laughs> It's very reminiscent of the tra- time traveling thing I was thinking whilst we, I was watching this from Jumanji. Uh, yeah, yeah, you didn't age in the sense that you you did once you wa- reached that age. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll go on holiday now. Oh no, never mind. I can't fly not with these veins in my legs. Oh Christ, my back! <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, give me the scroll. <laughs> I did like that. Um, vacations were to monks what retiring is to cops in the US because as soon as he mentions that he's going on vacation that that guy's dead yeah that 70 that now 70 year old man as of that moment has been shot to death by your classic villain if you're going to write a movie uh, you're going to make Nazis the villain aren't you that's how you get people on your side speaking of the Nazis are here (laughs) I mean monks great at fighting not very observant because the Nazis are right there. They're on your doorstep. <laughs> You're in the only building on this cliff face. For miles around. <laughs> but yeah, they just the Nazis have shown up. We have lead Nazi who, according to our AI friend, is Struka. Yes. And so he orders his Nazi troop to shoot all the monks who are guarding the building where the scroll is. He sends a few Nazis into that building. They get smashed out through the door and as Struka goes up to the door said monkey from earlier runs out, scratches him on the face, he falls over and a quick Love zoom in on his a zoom in on his face says, and he says I hate monkeys That's a great line. And that's going to matter later I'm sure. <laughs> Good line <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that that means something, right? That'll matter and... for that. <laughs> Got his own shot Also, I mean he has a little. Uh, he has a quick little negotiation or a half-assed negotiation with the monks. Um, has a little chat with them, exchanges a few words. Luckily, both Nazis and Tibetans speak very good English. Which is <laughs> pretty convenient. His negotiation basically being, just give me the scroll, and I won't kill you. I'll just wipe out all of your race and all other non-Aryan races, thereby killing you. Good, good trade-off. Yeah. yeah, they don't agree to that, and everybody gets blitzed. And I'm feeling a little bit misled at this point because all we're seeing is monks who aren't very bulletproof. A lot of them just go yeah. down, don't they? <laughs> so we have a bunch of bullet-filled monks, and then <laughs> that's a great film name. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> and then our protagonist monk emerges and our German I was going to say German friend probably shouldn't call him our German friend <laughs> no, maybe not Struker shoots at him a few times he manages to dodge those shots and he says you might as well give me the scroll you're not bulletproof shoots him and our monk falls off a cliff fast forward hang on he gets shot rewind and he's <laughs> He's sort of holding the wound, and we can't really see if he's being shot or not. So it's not really being confirmed that he's bulletproof, but it's implied heavily. And then 
mm-hmm. he decides to what, by jump the title, off the cliff like he knows that well i'm gonna get into it cole but i don't think this monk is actually fucking bulletproof if i'm honest um i mean fall damage proof monk is a yes. shit aside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bullet resistant monk um wow. even that. He, he falls off as we kind of have to assume he decides to fall off yes. the cliff. Um, that, uh, I find, you know, maybe we can assume that it's a calculated move, whatever. The thing I find odd about it is that Struka then runs up to the cliff, oh, yeah. quite happy that he's <laughs> killed him, looks down, and then shouts, screams at the top of his lungs, Monk! Like he's just lost his best friend. Where is he? <laughs> Don't shoot him off a cliff, then. <laughs> also, you know where he's gone. He's at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. Where else could he be? <laughs> fast forward. Anyway, fast forward. <laughs> 60 years. We're in New York present day. Mm-hmm. Present day being 2003. We're in the subway, and we're introduced to Sean William Scott playing... Kung Fu Stifler? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Not Kung Fu, not Kung Fu just yet, but uh, yeah, he will there's, later There's become. Kung Fu in his veins now. Yeah. He's seen it. Well, he, there is, but we don't get to see it, I don't think. Uh, no, no, he doesn't yet, do any he's Kung Fu for currently pickpocket Stifler. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're on a New York subway, and he is pickpocketing away, and accidentally pickpockets the wrong person, turns out to be a police officer, gets handcuffed, and then he kung fu's said police officer. Okay, I take it all back. You're right. <laughs> cut, me, cut me out. Cut me out entirely. Gets himself out of the handcuffs, more police start coming, and he has to flee. i got I got to call something out. Uh, pedantic Sam coming back. Right, so the so he bumps into this police. He's doing his little thing of bumping into people and nicking their wallets. Yeah, he's just he bumps their wallets, into this guy, sliding them into his bag. Yeah, as he bumps into this guy, the handcuffs click down, and the guy's like, "Got you." Then he does his kung fu, gets him, and the police officer radios his uh, partner and says something like, "You know, tall blonde Caucasian male." What this tells us is he's not like an active suspect. He's just a random guy, which means that policeman was walking through the subway in plain clothes, holding his handcuffs out, ready to get anyone at a moment's notice. That was an opportunistic handcuff. Thank God it happened to a guy who knew Kung Fu. Because I don't want to know who his alternative victim would have been. Thank God this criminal is happy to assault a police officer. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, while he's now on the run, we see our bulletproof monk, and he is being hunted by definitely not agents from the Matrix. Definitely not. What are those double-breasted suits they're all wearing? So awkward (laughs) when they're running. They're all fully done up. They're Two sets of buttons all the way down. They're all too big for them because we're just coming off that point in the 90s where big suits look good, but they don't look good in this. We've not... The Matrix is out now. Of course it is, yeah. Why doesn't it look like the suits in that? 
Jesus. They didn't do all this first <laughs> in bulletproof mud. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The um it's the kind of sprinting through the streets in a two-piece suit. It's like if you're gonna have agents like this, put them in trackies. It's like they don't need the sunglasses, they don't need the suits. Well, Give them something comfortable and they can run faster. Maybe make them a little more inconspicuous, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I've been even more pedantic than that, though. I just didn't like that they were in double-breasted suits, but they have the buttons down <laughs> both sides because they make me feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so warm. <laughs> so, Stifler's fleeing the cops. The monk is fleeing the agents, mercenaries, because... What else can he do? He's only got super strength and bulletproof skin and super speed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a god. <laughs> and can fly, by the way. And can fly. And during all this ruckus, a small girl is knocked onto the tracks and somehow really embeds her leg underneath the train track. She jammed it right in there. <laughs> the monk jumps down to help. Stifler jumps down to help. And it's quite a nice little meet you, isn't it? To show that he's a good guy, really. He gets his backpack oh. and throws it to the side because you can't rescue someone and wear a satchel slash backpack. What is that the trade-off? It's over his <laughs> yeah. It's not like he's holding it. It's over his shoulder. And he takes a moment to not help the girl. He looks at his backpack. He takes it off and he, he throws it at the track a metre away, and then helps yeah. the girl out of the track. Because if he had oh. even the temptation of it, that girl's fucking dead. Yeah, I'm <laughs> off. Also, by the way, let's just acknowledge, what happens next is that the monk uses his Helikinesis god powers, powers to bend the metal track. Stifler did not need to be there at <laughs> all. He's got this covered. And they get yeah. her out of the track and get her up on the, the platform again. And then yeah. they don't go on the platform. They're somehow further down the track. And yeah, they vanished by the train. In the split second that the train went past, this girl's been hoisted up onto the platform on the other side, and they are gone. Presumably after derailing the train by throwing a backpack on the tracks. But yeah, let's put that aside. And bending the track with your mind. And also <laughs> bending the tracks and not repairing it, yeah. One girl's life for 300 train passengers Easy trade-off, just like backpack. Stifler has zero superpowers and they disappear at super speed, so I can only assume he was under the monk's arm throughout. He was yonked away. Probably could have grabbed that back. He he gets um he, he gets really angry as well. He gets all pissy at uh, at the monk and says like, "What? Well, uh, what? I've lost all I've lost all my stuff." It's like, you you made all those decisions yourself. <laughs> Every aspect, every step of this. Nobody told been you your choice. to throw the backpack, dude. No one told Didn't you to have do to. that. He's a good guy. And now they end up like where we were in Mimic, which I don't really understand what this location ever is, which is underground somewhere. Apparently, this place exists in all New York subways, just where people live. There's room to just live and hang out in there apparently yeah and just a massive amount of space that probably exists yeah 
And that's where we find people have brought sofas down there. Oh yeah, this is a headquarters for this gang. Uh, yeah. what, what's their name? Oh, it's uh, Mr. Funktastic and his Funktastic crew, I believe. The Funktastic crew, that's it. Why were they called that? Well, let's get there. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to know more why he was called that when that's not what was tattooed on his chest. What was tattooed was on not? his chest? You not notice that? No. There was no. There was no end on that chest. Oh, get out! It was not Mister Fucktastic. There, that he that man's chest says Mister Fucktastic. You get <laughs> you get on Google right now. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I just I'm just going to trust you on it. So yeah, we meet Mister Fucktastic and the Fucktastic crew. Okay, that's better. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like. He's, he's, I don't know what, I don't know how to get, he's like kind of, the punk den is straight out of like a parody of Judge Dredd. Yeah, it's very yeah. cyberpunk. Yeah. And yeah. I almost feel like they took all the dialogue they wrote for him and put it through that um, Cockney generator on that you can get <laughs> on the internet. It's awful. Oh yeah, I suppose he was British, sort of, wasn't he? Yeah, he I was. suppose he was. Yeah. Yeah, he really fucking was. <laughs> it sounded like all of us. All right, Gav. <laughs> he's British enough for an American audience to believe he's British. Yes, yeah. That's all that was required. <laughs> so yeah, he stumbles across, uh, across the Funktastic crew and he's in trouble because he's been stealing on their turf without paying his protection fee. And Classic so now they are criminal pre- stuff. Yeah, and so now they apparently yeah. have to chop off his dick. That's the rule. Yeah. And among this group is... This character does not get named until very late in the movie, and we know her solely as Bad Girl. Oh, yes. yeah. I, I can't remember her name. I've still name. got her written down as Bad Girl. Bad Girl of the Funktastic crew. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say Funktastic... Okay, I don't know if either of you have read... James A. Caster's latest book. No. Uh, oh, I the can't social media it. one. But he talks about his... It's a fiction book. It's about his gang called the Tangfastic Crew. <laughs> and that's all I'm hearing the whole time. <laughs> that's all that's in my head. You can cut this out because it's not going to mean anything to anyone if you haven't read the book. No, I like it. I recommend it, though. I also hope Cole keeps him where he said a cron when he meant a cross. <laughs> <laughs> So the fight scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A very strange fight scene ensues where Sean William yeah. Scott does some Sean William Scott things. He gets hold of a pipe and then what is mainly, as far as I can tell, is his baton twirling. Goes yeah, it's on. a lot of posturing. Yeah, it absolutely is. It started off like he was trying to be like intimidating, but it yeah. goes on for the entirety of the fight scene. And that's all really that happens. You're right. It's baton twirling. It's spot on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's baton twirling to a backing track of sort of sort of limp biscuit style uh early two yeah. thousands punk. I'm, pr- I'm pretty certain there's a mention of digestive biscuits in the song. I don't know why. Because <laughs> well, that guy's British. In case we that forgot. could be it, yeah. All of our yeah. songs are just about the many McVitie's biscuit brands we have over here. Yeah. Anything you can dip in tea, we have a song for. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, dipping, well, speaking of going with tea, how does this how does this fight end? 
Uh, it it ends <laughs> with um bad girl seducing oh. Mr. Funktastic um, away. Yes. And he announces to he announces to Stifler, this little bit of crumpet is begging for some of my <laughs> funktastic love. <laughs> <laughs> How did I forget about that? <laughs> fucking amazing line. She has helped him out through this fight. She gave him the fucking baton that he twirled and dropped. And because as... <laughs> there was a moment of sexual tension between them. I think yeah, it's their eyes that. met for a second. Yeah. This whole movie takes place in the space of a day, apparently. I'm not sure they have ever have a full conversation, but that is love. This is what That's we're That's the seed of is... love being planted right this here, right now. Love right here. So yeah, their eyes have met once. She's the one who snuck him the metal pipe that he dropped, and just as he was about to get murdered for dropping his pipe, she draws Mr. Funktastic and the Funktastic crew away. Never to be seen <laughs> She seduces again. him, but the whole crew goes. So are they all about to train her? <laughs> <laughs> Can we watch? <laughs> they are... <laughs> they are... They're briefly seen again, but not for any reason. We... We get to see them in a oh, yes. an abandoned train car having a party where they just sort of that's yeah. it. She they're, leaves and they're in an abandoned train train carriage and they're having a rave because apparently there's a nightclub down here in this subway as well. There's an entire city under the city in this world apparently. It's a good job nobody yeah. works in the subway, isn't it? <laughs> but she's out. She's out the gang. Yeah. Uh, this is another point where we find out that. Her necklace has been stolen by our pickpocket Stifler, and she heads off. And the Funktastic crew are no more. Yeah. Probably the best part of this film. They seem interesting, and then they're gone. They were. And I, I want everybody so to good. know we still haven't learned our main character's name yet, but we do know Mr. Funktastic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first name we get? We've got. Yeah, we've essentially got three major characters at mm. the moment, and we don't know any of their names. None of their names, no. Yeah, we, we have one name, and it's not even the name he's got written on himself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Stifler heads out, meets back up with the monk who had been watching, and the monk congratulates him on his victory. And apparently, this fulfills prophecy one of defeating an army while a flock of cranes circles above because there are two crane-like pieces of heavy machinery and they got some metal and some cable it's like he really stretches the definition yeah. to try at and make this it point work. this guy just wants out the job and he's going to be like yeah cranes yeah fuck it. that's fine oh, one yeah. well yeah Cranes is the only thing there that fulfills the prophecy at all. He does not win the fight. It's not a flock because they're not birds, and also two of a thing can't be a flock. Uh, uh, and three, they're not circling. So Cranes was enough. This guy really does want out. I like that we've had two movies in a row of revolved around rules that just are nonsensical in every way. I might pick one for next week that's the same sort of thing. So we get... A couple of little bits of information here. The monk wants to know where Car is trained. Is he Car yet? We've found out he's Car now? Not yet. No, not until we get okay, to the Okay, the monk wants to know where that. Stifler has trained. <laughs> he says he trained at the Golden Palace. The monk thinking that is 
a place he has been to when it's in fact a Chinese movie theatre. And he also refers to Stifler as the most undisciplined youth I have ever laid eyes on, which is how his master thought of him back in the day. He laid eyes on Mr. Fucktastic. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Who, by the way, also won a fight under some cranes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's 27 years old in this. If someone referred to me as a youth now, I say now, so three years ago. <laughs> None of us are. So, Carl's gone back to the Chinese movie theater where he works as both a proje- projectionist and he lives there. Heads up to his room. Evan looks confused. I'm sorry, it's just are we all comfortable in knowing what a Chinese movie theatre is? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a movie theatre that shows Chinese movies. That's a real thing? I don't know if it actually exists. Oh, if right. it does exist anywhere, I'm going to guess it exists in New York City. This okay. is the world where mole people live. I'm sure there's a Chinese movie theatre. It's a hell of a place, considering this is New York in early 2000s. This place has got, an, albeit failing, but still has a neon sign, pretty big place for a single screen wow. with about 12 clients a neon sign it's a sign of success I mean, right it's there. like it's off the main road it's all right okay maybe that's not the most impressive thing but my point is uh rent uh, land in new york city doesn't come easy to a no, cinema no. with one screen and 15 very rowdy clients you've already set the bar some oh crikey governor it. is that a neon sign <laughs> <laughs> like I'm easily impressed yeah. I'm from little old England We only know subway basements <laughs> So Carl retires to his room And who's in his room? It's our bulletproof monk The man who is trying to make Carl a better person Saying that he needs to stop all this stealing Carl arrives in his room And the monk has stolen some food <laughs> and will then steal his bed. You can tell this ha- that guy hasn't spoken to many people in the last 60 years. It's just fortune cookie quote after fortune cookie quote. It's just the Western yeah. idea oh, of yeah. Eastern it's wisdom. Unbearable. Yeah. Yeah. Very surface level stuff. We find out that he's from, what is it, the Temple of... The Temple of Sublime Truth. And I'm pretty certain I bought a priesthood from them online back when we were in uni. (laughs) And it is that sort of thing. That's all it makes me think of. So this is where they learn each other's name. Well, we learn that Carr is named Carr. And that's not even his real name. That's a name he gave himself because it means family. And he doesn't have a family. So he named himself that so he would always have one around. Insane. How early was he abandoned that he doesn't have a fucking name? At the start, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. As early as you can. He he doesn't have a family. Sounds like an important plot point. So he gave himself a name. Sounds like an important plot point. He chose a name, and I think he said it was Cantonese. Cantonese yeah. Sounds like that's going to be relevant. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all of these things will yeah. uh, will lead to something. Yeah, late, later on, 
we find out he was born to Mr. and Mrs. Funktastic, and he actually has a brother out there. (laughs) (laughs) Not the one in the subway, though, because that's Mr. Fucktastic. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he he shows up, the monk's there. We see the monk is pretty much unhittable as he tries to remove him from his room. The monk then steals his bed. Yeah, and he's got, as we mentioned earlier, bad girl's necklace. Okay, uh, before you continue here, Cole, and I'm sorry, you'll get nothing out of this. This one's for you, Sam. Did you like how, when he was explaining why he had the necklace to the bulletproof monk, he explained that he was using the Dennis system, which was to demonstrate his value of providing the necklace back to the girl after he'd stolen it, so she would trust him. Classic stuff. Yeah, it was perfect. (laughs) Perfect execution. (laughs) Sorry, Cole, you made it. Demonstrate your value by returning it. (laughs) On that, he places it on a shelf, which is just covered in stolen things. So either he never sells any of this shit, and what's he stealing it for? Or all of it is just sat there waiting for women that he was attracted to. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks he had a moment with. (laughs) Every single time he steals something, brings it back home, and then goes, oh shit, I didn't get a number again. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I took her phone. (laughs) (laughs) okay so the monk has stolen his bed and he says i want to know why you were being chased and this is when the monk says i'll answer that question when you can answer this one why do hot dogs come in packets of 10 while hot dogs come in packets of just eight did you just say hot dogs twice I think he did say hot dogs twice. <laughs> Try that I, can do, again. I, can, I can say it again. Hot dogs coming back to ten. Hot dog coming back to ten. <laughs> Why do hot dogs come in packets of ten while hot dog buns come in packets of just eight? I'm just thinking of someone cutting open a hot dog and putting another hot dog in. <laughs> He's going to keep that. Uh. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just glad you mentioned it before I was sat in this room tomorrow get my microphone back out just going, buns <laughs> buns oh god I don't know why but you describing cutting open a hot dog and putting in another hot dog which I imagine is also cut open for the same reason in my mind is the same as the way lawn chairs stack into each other <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't got enough room for more than one hot dog so you just stack them you just keep going <laughs> oh that's so stupid sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my jaw oh, so I'm just not enlightened enough to ask the question <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, though. Is there one? Well, I suppose he gives one at the end. So we we see Carr, he's actually doing his kung fu training by just acting it out in front of the movies that are taking place in, or movies that he's playing in the Chinese theatre. That is how he has learned kung fu. Yeah, which I guess this theatre only airs kung fu movies. That's a bit racist, but okay. But I mean, based on how good he is at kung fu, 
He might be also great at acting out dramas and romances. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go back to Bad Girl. And she is at the Human Rights Organization. It's run by a woman who we later learn is called Nina. And it turns out that she is the granddaughter of our Nazi from earlier, Struka. And this whole thing is a front for his business that is hunting down the monk. Pretty suspicious front. I mean, it's an incredibly vague sort of charity slash art gallery, which just hosts exhibits of, oh, look at this. This is sad, isn't it? And what's it? Oh, bad girl kind of makes that point to Nina, doesn't she? They don't know each other. and They will meet again later, but she just walks up to her and explains that it's bad to show a load of pictures of people doing bad stuff. Why can't you show pictures of people doing good stuff? And you're like, oh yeah, fair enough. And then Nina disappears into the back to have a lovely chat with Struka. And you're like, oh yeah, they're evil. That's why they're showing all the bad pictures. I mean, at the same time, I don't think that's the only reason. I wouldn't support a charity that was going, look how good everything is. It's like Sam and his his ducks, always pretending that ducks were in danger. Do you remember that? Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Ducks are endangered. You don't know how many ducks we should have. (laughs) Crazy. I'm not working for them anymore. And then somehow Bad Girl tracks down Carr. He's out with the bulletproof monks in the middle of town, eating a hot dog, discussing the hot dog riddle, and she shows up. She wants her necklace back. Did anyone notice what happened to said hot dog? He put it in his pocket. He put it in his pocket. <laughs> right in the pocket. pocket. <laughs> well, Onions and all. First of all, he opened the first hot dog, the cold hot dog, in his pocket, and he placed his warm hot dog inside of that hot dog. Yes, it did go in there in the end. That's not becoming yeah. a thing for this episode, it, don't it worry. It doesn't come back out. <laughs> doesn't come back out. And then, as they're out on the street, bit of an introduction between bad girl and monk. Unsurprisingly, no names are swapped at that time. And then our <laughs> Matrix agents show up once again and we get another chase scene. I want to put the, the, the fight, the chase scene actually starts. So, yeah, like you say, um, but it starts because the agent sees them and is coming towards them. And Stifler shows that he has, you know, some virtue in him, some good side by distracting the guy by throwing another bag <laughs> by throwing, <laughs> throwing his backpack at him. So, <laughs> God knows how many backpacks this guy gets through. What if what if the women who own the things he stole come looking? <laughs> <laughs> so the bulletproof monk runs off because what else can you do? And you say that, but he hasn't been shot once yet. Everybody is missing. We're now like 40 minutes into this movie and not what he's been shot once. But that does not prove he's bulletproof because he fell off that cliff and 60 years passed. He could have healed from that bullet. I I could be wrong about this, but I vaguely read somewhere that there was a cut scene where he catches a bullet, which may, I think it may have been that initial scene where the guy shoots him and he's caught the bullet. Put that in the movie! Uh, which, would be, which would be foreshadowing for what happens right at the end, which we'll get to. Don't know why that was cut. Was that too good of a scene? <laughs> I guess. Makes him look too They kept in all kinds of bullshit. All he does is run for the next hour and 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, God. 
<laughs> so I mean, he does. Yeah, he gets a couple of guns at this point, doesn't he? Oh yes, and he shoots some guns yeah, out yeah. of some other guy's hands. That's quite cool. So then... he runs. Stifler, hot dog in pocket, runs with him, and <laughs> then we get sick backflip. He catches two guns from guys who get hit by a car Super that cool. he lands on. Very cool. Shoots guns out of two other guys' hands. Ejects the magazines from those guns and kicks them at people. Yeah. Papal knocks them out by kicking a magazine at them. The fucking power behind that kick. And just once again raises the question, why has he been running for 60 years? He took them all out in yeah. 10 seconds. And very next scene, he watches a bullet pass by his head. Just watches it pass. He is a god. Which this man is a god. Yeah. If we saw this, if we saw this not in super slow mo, we would absolutely watch him uh, just snap his own neck. To try and watch that. <laughs> Complete like beyond whiplash. <laughs> he snaps his own neck and falls down dead. And so they, after showing how much of a badass he is, they go and hide. In, I, th- I think it might be a Chinese restaurant or storage, something or other. But it's, it's just yeah, it's a, a hiding place. place for more monks of the Temple of Sublime Truth. It's it's happening because the movie needs it to. There is no real reason that there are monks hiding out beneath an empty warehouse where there's just three women playing what I think was mahjong. I mean, I know all movies are just one thing happens, then the next, but this feels so much more like, and then the next thing happens, and then the next thing happens. Nothing feels very linked. They're all very confusing and unconnected. It's (laughs) like, we're getting chased, then there are some old ladies, then we're in a temple, and then they're having a handshake. And I did not realise until today that this all takes place in a day. Oh, but it feels like it. You don't get a rest ever. It, they're always running. They're yes. always making little clip quips or saying some stuff that sounds enlightened but isn't. Or spinning a baton. Non-stop. Yes. Just, yeah, just straight from being chased by the police to rescuing a girl to being attacked by a gang. It's just Relentless. Is, yeah. Yeah. Man, no one gets any sleep. I must be shattered. That's because the monk stole his fucking bed, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did. <laughs> Yeah, they get there. The monk meets with the head of this group of monks, and Carr ends up in a hand-squeezing fight with a very muscular Buddhist monk for quite a while. Mm-hmm. We learn that the head monk guy is the grandson of the boy from earlier. That's the whole play out of that character. It turns out, monkey's not there, so he's probably dead too. And then they head out for the monk to give Carr real non-movie-based kung fu training. Yes. Because all that stuff he sees in, in the movies is ridiculous. What he needs to know is, if you don't believe in gravity, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Once you realise that the air is there... You can fly. You can step on it. You can swim through it. Fucking what? This is... It gets very Peter Pan. <laughs> we learn We learn very importantly that it's not about power. It's about grace. And remember that. 
it will matter. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And for once, I Just mean like the hot that dog thing. it will matter. And so, yeah, and they're having their little training session. They're up in another abandoned building because everyone's living underground in this fucking city. All the big buildings are empty and everyone's either underneath old women playing Mahjong or they're underneath the fucking, or in the subway. (laughs) And we see another one of the bulletproof monk's many powers, which apparently is Spidey Sense, because he knows without seeing or hearing anything that there is a helicopter right outside that building that is about to shoot them. To be fair, you'd probably hear something if there's a helicopter right outside the window like that. It's more likely Stifler's just death. In movie time, uh, well, no, in the characters... Oh, how do I phrase this? In the time of the day that's occurring in this movie, it's only been like 20 minutes for them since they were last attacked by this same group of people. Oh yeah, they're relentless. They spent five minutes hiding below ground and then went straight to a rooftop as obvious as you can be in terms of hiding and get attacked again. What has happened is Carr has met a homeless man <laughs> who, who's saying, all these people are after me because they want my body because I have the power for <laughs> controlling the world. And he's just gone along with it and joined in on this adventure. But I reckon people get that. Look, people get that proposition probably every week in New York. Yeah, you're not Look, wrong. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when you're in the next time you're in a Weatherspoon's toilet and you've got some guy babbling at you, just follow him. See what happens. Maybe he'll teach you how to walk on air. <laughs> and by that, I mean give you some heroin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also want to point out at this. So yeah, the helicopter has started. Um, peppering the side of this building with bullets yeah. that they're in. Uh, surely there are some kinds of repercussions to <laughs> flying a helicopter through the streets of New York City and <laughs> blasting a building to pieces. Because nothing seems to happen. The police don't show up. That's because everyone's underground, mate. The city is There are completely no repercussions empty. for agents in the Matrix, mate. Oh, God, is that what it oh, is? True. is? Is this just the Matrix, then? There's an underground city in that it, as well, isn't there? Uh, true. Zion. Right, fuck it. Let's start oh, again. The, the, I don't think we can equate <laughs> Funktastic, the Funktastic hideout to Zion. Yeah. <laughs> Funktastic is Morpheus. Mr. Funktastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's united the Funktastic crew against... The cranes. <laughs> They've got the little practice cranes underground to practice on. They'll take the city soon. He's starting to believe. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we get rooftop fight scene. And I diss many of the fight scenes in this movie, but we all agree that that flip on the underside of the helicopter by the bulletproof monk because he goes on the bars underneath into the helicopter. That's sick, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty sick. Um, it was. I, I think even at this point, I was pretty desensitised to sick flips because there's quite a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. That was the sickest of the flips, though. 
This is probably the sickest of the flip. One of de- uh, top three. Yeah, this is my second favourite flip. There's one at the end I prefer. Oh, maybe two at the end I prefer. There's, yeah, there are good flips in this movie. And that's my note. I'll be silent for a little while now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, on the roof, Stifler is fighting a large, armed, bald, pink-faced Matrix agent whilst in the helicopter <laughs> above. The monk is fighting a Pink-faced, bald, large major agent with a gun. <laughs> I don't know why they all look the same, but they all look the same. Just big, gammon-headed men. <laughs> they didn't have many extras. It could just be the same guy. The only difference I noticed was one had a goatee. So all that goes down. That the, the helicopter pilot accidentally gets shot. The helicopter crashes. Sean William Scott is almost knocked from the roof. Has to hold on. And he was supposed to be protecting the scroll of the ultimate, which he loses and it falls off the building and our human rights lady collects it. Oh no, the MacGuffin's gone. Not the thing. <laughs> but it was so important. It has seemed important, hasn't it? Yes, yes. A lot it of has. the movie's been about that, hasn't it? <laughs> I wonder if anything will make that pointless. She takes it back to her grandfather. And we find out it wasn't the scroll of the Ultima all along. It was a recipe for noodle soup. You know what's mad? 60 years you've been chasing this scroll. You get it. You find out it makes noodle soup. You'd make the soup, at least. Oh, just in case. <laughs> at the bare minimum. What if it's super soup? At bare minimum, you'd make the soup. Yeah. I think he's insane for assuming that the scroll was ever anything else. He never knew what was in it. It was just his assumption that it gave you godlike powers because they were protecting it. For all he knows, that's it, baby. He's never seen. There's no one else in this world with superpowers, and nice. this guy's never really displayed his superpowers. Don't don't make that. No. Hang on. Let's no. appreciate what you've just done. Right. There's no one else in the world with noodle superpowers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, and this guy has never displayed those powers. He's just run all the time so yeah if it turned out this ancient document was a noodle soup recipe you go oh i was an idiot well there is this little bit i don't know if it's come up yet no it hasn't it's once the monk is is captured but nina shows him like a series of articles where he's helped people across the world somehow like cured people of illnesses and stuff even though he doesn't do that in this movie yeah, so that's how I guess he thinks the scroll does something other than um, a pot noodle. We're digging into this about a bit now. The uh, the powers that you get from the scroll are not the powers that he has. He has the powers of the person who protects the scroll, which are superpowers, but not the superpowers of the person who reads the scroll, supposedly. However, <laughs> he has tattooed the scroll onto his own body and memorized some of it, which means that either he's read the scroll or there's some tattoo artist somewhere with the powers of a god because they read the scroll. It's very confusing where this line is drawn between who has the powers and who has the powers of the person that protects (laughs) and prevents other people from getting the powers. Maybe as long as you don't read it out loud, then it's okay. Yeah, that seems... You you then couldn't read it out loud to the tattoo artist when you say what you want maybe this is what he's been doing for 60 years is trying to tattoo on his own belly upside down 
the uh, contents of the scroll. Belly and bellend, we find out later. <laughs> True. <laughs> you ran out of space. <laughs> Just memorize more of it, I'd reckon. <laughs> do I memorize? Do I memorize more, or shall I go for the dick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, after finding out it's all just noodle soup all the way down, Nina goes to the <laughs> Chinese, uh, let's say Chinese restaurant. She goes to the Chinese cinema that Carl works at and she murders his boss. And then after the world's longest taxi ride from where all this fight took place, one moment, because we've skipped over something pretty strange here. She murders his boss, yes, but she introduces herself as a health inspector and then murders him immediately. Why bother introducing yourself as a health inspector if you're immediately going to strangle someone to death with a phone cord? Who was that for? She didn't just introduce herself. She got the ID card. Yeah. <laughs> she got the ID card. She kind of went for the deception, but if he'd bought into that... And he said, oh, you're a health inspector. Okay. What would her next thing have been? It's like, do you mind if I go up to this guy's bedroom? I need to check the health in there. <laughs> I think I think he stole something of mine. And we had a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. You can uh, continue. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought it was very strange. World's longest taxi ride. It is the world's longest taxi ride. It was daytime, and then they arrive at the cinema at night. They find... Yeah. Thank God. At least we've got some sense of time passing in this movie, finally. It's all still going to be the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Where they find, number one, a message from Jade on the board. She dropped by earlier, and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know her name yet. They find, number one, a message from Bad Girl... (laughs) Bad girl. On the board, she dropped by earlier. And number two, Carr's dead boss. He's been strangled with a telephone cord. And that is our inciting moment for him to actually get involved fully, I guess. Yes. Now it's personal. He's wanted his way out the entire time before that. Except the bulletproof monk, this is his time when he decides, oh, your effectively adopted father figure is dead. Um... Yeah, probably sack this off. And then he leaves. He says, um, what is it? I've, I've oh yeah, his response is, ah, oh, forget about it. Don't worry about this. Just forget about that. Head off. <laughs> See, yeah, don't need you anymore. I know you did two of the prophecies, but actually, yeah, you struck out. Um, also, Carl, I really liked how you said uh, inciting moment there, uh, inciting incident. Because that usually occurs in like the first five, ten minutes of a movie. We're a good hour and ten into this now, and this is the first reason we've been given for this guy to be involved. No protagonist has ever fought being in a plot more (laughs) than (laughs) Carr. For so long, he just does not want to be involved, but can't help it, which isn't a bad thing. It's an interesting character. Is it? (laughs) It's potentially interesting. (laughs) You know what was interesting? Being abandoned, giving yourself a name that means family because you don't have one. Where's that now? 
Why have we just got Sean William Scott hanging about for no reason, having learned kung fu through movies? We don't have time for backstory or exposition. <laughs> Look at these sick flips. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... We get into a sexy tra- scene and I like it. Car tracks down the monk to the... I still don't know what it is. I don't think it's a the restaurant. The temple. It's, yeah, the basement it's- temple. And the room with... What is just the world's dirtiest mirror? I mean, <laughs> oh, the mirror. It's your fault, Sam. You pointed it out before I even got to that scene. And probably one of the supposed to be emotional scenes in the movie, one of the darkest scenes in the movie, whilst they're basically in front of a the sort of mirror you see at a fun fair that makes you look a bit strange. You only it's- see Car through this wibbly wobbly mirror <laughs> that is making his face go in all different directions <laughs> it's mental it's can't emotional. believe that stayed in can't believe no one said should we get a better mirror for this <laughs> should we clean it <laughs> should we wipe down the dirty mirror they kept that but not the bullet catching scene <laughs> what an exchange almost as yeah. good as the bag for the girl's life <laughs> Bulletproof Monk's spidey senses tingle again and the bad guys show up and we find out that our muscly Buddhist monk from earlier has betrayed everyone. He wants to be on the side of the guy who's going to wipe out all non-white people, it seems, or all non-Aryan people. I'm sure this will work out perfectly for him. And Car and the Bulletproof Monk, they don't fight, they flee. That's what they do. So, <laughs> hot dog in pocket, they're on their way onto a, <laughs> onto a barge, and they're heading for bad girl's house. That's how they keep getting found. It reeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually, I'm sure that will bite the muscly Buddhist monk in the arse, right? You know, eventually, yes, today, and it does, and they betray him instantly. <laughs> And we end up at the base of Struka and his granddaughter, and they have these strange torture machines, which, as far as I can tell, are brain freeze machines. They pump. They ice call go- them torture designs. No, they don't. <laughs> they call them to- no, torture designs. No <laughs> brain just stopped working. It's all that brain I'm freeze, gonna- mate. They call them. I think I, I was halfway oven. between device and machine. That's what it was. They call them torture machines. Uh, but what they really seem to be uh, are mind control machines and also there is some water. Which is pumped directly yeah. onto the brain as far as the image on the machine shows. So yeah, I mean, to be fair, I would give up everything if the other option was just infinite brain freeze. <laughs> I'd, but at the same time, I don't think I would know anything. So yeah, that they use the brain freeze machine on the muscly Buddhist monk because obviously they weren't going to be on side with him. And then Carr and the monk arrive at Jade's heavily guarded mansion. Yes. They've, incidentally, they, I mean, they got a boat to get here. Yeah. They, they took a, it was a real trek to get to this place. Uh, and the entire time they were coming over here, I was like, no, no, I'm not going to call ahead. I'm just going to show up and go in. Then they get there, and Carl seems 
so shocked at the prospect of just going in. He's like, what? What? We can't go in. What? They come to me. This was your idea. Again, stop being <laughs> outraged at your own ideas. <laughs> Turns out she has been slumming it the entire time. She is not a legit member of the Funktastic crew. She has a mansion. And so they sneak over the wall. They get to... Well, they avoid the guards. They get to a window. And Carr finally drinks the Kool-Aid. And he believes gravity does not exist. <laughs> I can swim through the air and step on it like a stone. And it works. It does. After eventually. three attempts, he gets up into a window... And apparently it's a fight. They have a dance fight in her living room. And this... Evan? What? what? Sorry, it's just, this is one of those fights where it's supposed to look like, here's two people who are equally... I know, sorry, I I use fight loosely there, Sam. uh, Equally proficient in martial arts, who every move, the other one is getting the better of the other one. It's flip over flip over flip, each one getting the upper hand each time. But all it looked like because it didn't look like a fight, was a game of Twister without the mat. <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. She does some sort of strange crab position over him at some point when she gets him on the floor. With her back to him, yeah, yes. Facing upwards. Yeah. And, what yeah. is that? <laughs> I, I wasn't going to... I mean, you two are presenting legitimate criticisms of the fight. I was going to be a pedantic bastard again and say, you've got a mansion to yourself and she's sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> 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 yeah. Why? <laughs> anyway, that's all I had. But yeah, the fight is that, not really a fight. Even in 2003, you can't sneak into a woman's bedroom and attack her. So it had to be in a different room. <laughs> oh, and she has a mansion because her father is a Russian mafia boss. But don't worry, that never comes up again. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, that is not relevant at all. What happens when he comes out of prison? He's in prison at the moment. What happens when he comes out and finds out his daughter's now a sort of monk god? <laughs> Don't worry about that. Do not worry about that. Have you not seen how long a day is in this universe? She's got time. <laughs> I mean, I've said fight. It's a, apparently a fight. Car gets knocked out somehow. A lot of people get knocked out and killed in this movie somehow. Nina and her goons show up. I don't know what happened to Jade's guards. They trank the monk. Take him. Uh, hang on. He's not the tranquilizer so monk proof bulletproof, monk. <laughs> but he's not tranquilizer proof monk. <laughs> Thank you, yes. <laughs> what the fuck? All this time, they've never tried. <laughs> did they have a plan B for if that didn't work? Because they must have assumed that wasn't going to work. Blow dart? <laughs> Bow and arrow? <laughs> Anything but a gun. Anything but bullets. Finally, this movie can be upgraded to projectile-proof monk. You start on with your martial stuff, melee stuff. So yeah, they've they've taken him back to their evil lair. Underground. Everyone's underground in this movie. It's a rule. Yeah. I think the fact that Jade lives... Yeah, we do know she's Jade now because that fight fulfilled prophecy number two, which was apparently fighting for love in the Palace of Jade. And yeah. I'm going to say now, it wasn't a fight, and it's not love. They've not spoken yet. It's also not a palace. <laughs> uh, she lives above ground, mate. That is a palace oh, yeah. in this world. She's the cream of the crop. 
<laughs> All right, Mrs. Above Ground House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a neon sign. <laughs> <laughs> the back of her house is lit up like a Christmas tree. So, yeah, we get to the underground lair of Struka and his daughter, granddaughter. Mm. The monk has been tied up. They've exposed all the tattoos on his body. Nina is into it as she is scanning. She's loving this. She's scanning it all in because Struka refuses to read off this guy's body. I guess that's too gay or something. I mean, I wouldn't read off of a man's penis. So she's got to get a scanner. Because we don't know if he just went down one side of the shaft or if it's all the way around. I think you'd have to get down on the floor to to read yeah, as so, it goes under. Read the last few syllables off the gooch. <laughs> <laughs> you think you went under? <laughs> You're running out of space. It's a tricky canvas. You don't know where you are. So yeah, we find out, number one, apparently the guy has a very large penis, as she says. Um, the other or thing, just an impressive one. She just seems to be into it. As she scans it, it's digitally transferred onto the screen that her grandfather is going to read from. And what I love is that it's transferred in the exact same shape that it's been tattooed on. <laughs> and yet they don't show the dick scanning, which I assume should have appeared as a just a dong on the screen. <laughs> that is all. Yeah, so this is where he comes in and reads the, the scan, isn't it? I want to yeah. point out that this henchman in this room, these double-breasted suit henchmen, are standing awkwardly with their guns, and I like to Still think... Still on the suits. Uh, we're going deeper than this now. Um, <laughs> that one of them is stood there who has to have the image in his mind of having just helped this lame old Nazi in a wheelchair get into his little Nazi uniform and tuck <laughs> his too long for any human being balls into one of his trouser legs so this little old man can now do his speech for his sworn enemy. But he's not really paying attention. He's just scarred by it. God, those balls were long, weren't they? It says a lot about this film that in Evan's head was just some dangly old Nazi bollocks being tucked into a uniform. It's just that one of those double-breasted suit men was staring at the old man and one was just sort of staring into space. And I was like, what's he thinking about? What's haunting him? And then I thought, well, yes, somebody had to dress this old man and Nina's been busy, so it was one of these guys. Don't worry, it'll, it'll fit when I'm made young again. <laughs> he probably had to. He probably had to tuck the monk back in once Nina was finished as well, <laughs> transcribing. Roll him back up, Ben. <laughs> you tuck him in. Reel that back in. <laughs> Sorry. Whilst all this is going on, Car and Jade are planning a rescue, which involves. Like I said she's in. Mafia boss's daughter, so she has a bulletproof car, a lot of explosives. Said car is apparently also remote control powered, so they remote control it through the front gates into the, I imagine, abandoned upper part of the building. Blow it up, killing a bunch of henchmen, and then they sneak into the underground. Where we all love to be. Where else would they be going? (laughs) (laughs) And 
there are some fucking weird deaths in this. There is one in particular where they first get down there, they're fighting some henchmen, where I'm... You'll probably love this, Evan. To, is this the fight to Crash Bandicoot music? I'm not sure if it's the Crash Bandicoot music, but he grabs a man's double-breasted jacket and tears it, and that is, that is insta-death. That's the end of him. Yeah. <laughs> All we hear is yeah, a crack of bones that. as his jacket is torn, and that is the end of that man. Jesus Christ, all six buttons? <laughs> so apparently, and you're going to be annoyed that this didn't happen. So I'm, I'm assuming maybe there were reshoots and that's why the deaths in this are so shit. Apparently, Mr. Funktastic and his Funktastic crew were supposed to return for the these fights. Oh, but What a great movie it would have been. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. Maybe the Cockney dialogue generator wasn't working, so they couldn't make any more lines for him. But he wasn't there. And then, whilst in this underground, car gets swept away because the water's been turned on so they can use the brain freeze machine. And Jade ends up fighting Nina. Yeah. Fighting. Fight. It's... Yeah, it's a very Mortal Kombat fight, this. Well, it is. Oh God! The it keeps it keeps cutting camera angle, and in the new camera angle, they're in a completely different location. <laughs> like she's she's just jumping off the wall. Yeah, out of nowhere. What, what do you get if you have people who were probably not fight acting trained, whilst also trying to make the Matrix? I guess just put her on some strings yeah. and have her spin around. It'll look great, and then. Nina dies from being thrown on the floor. As far as that's another instant death. Fair enough. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Up until now, we've not really killed people. I mean, the first people to die, I think, were the people in the helicopter, and that was kind of by accident. But now, it's all or nothing. Everybody's dying. I think he threw one of them out of the helicopter. That yeah, was quite yeah. on purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> He's a god. Um, that's the least he can do. He's he's probably shouting down as he throws the guy out of the helicopter. Oh. Just the the air's there. Just think about the air <laughs> being there. You'll be all right. Just swim through it. You'll be fine. Um, by the way, while this fight scene's happening, while all this is happening, Struka is now or Strucker uh, is now young again because he's read everything up to the shaft, and that is as. <laughs> <laughs> de-aged him weirdly good de-aging cgi it's de-aged him uh and given him sort of a bit of powers okay i want to note now because i'll go over at the end but i just want to tell you now that i have a list of powers that struka gets from reading half of the scroll but i think it's important we get to the final plot point before i go over it i mean okay he gets basically monk powers right Yes. Okay, I suppose this is more of a list of pros and cons. <laughs> Con, Nazi. <laughs> yeah. He just now has all the bulletproof monk powers. He's super strong. But he has telekinesis now, apparently, which is never yeah, really explained. Yeah, telekinesis. We see Carr jump through the air at him and he just force grabs him in midair and throws him. Should use that more often. 
Okay, fine, we'll do them now. He gets youth again, but a very specific age when he chooses. He gets super strength. How old uh, you were at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, he can travel very slightly faster than an elevator, which happens in a second. Uh, but what, <laughs> what it can't do is fix your receding hairline, make you not a racist, and it does not make you an electricity-proof monk. Uh, all of that all those three things are in the second half he is electricity proof yeah oh i wrote that awesome joke before that happened before we saw when he was still alive oh Oh, it's statue proof then doesn't make you statue proof it does heal his monkey scratch scar which was very important to the whole story up to that point yes finally closure you get all of that you get all of those powers in the first sort of nine tenths of the scroll and then in the last little passage that's in his head that's when you get to be a god. Yeah, that's when you can bend reality to your will. Yeah. So he's now asking for the final verse. Yeah, he wants the final verse. He's not going to be given it. So we're Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. torture device area of the building. They're having a fight. Bulletproof Monk's all chained up. He doesn't want Carl to fight Struka because he tells him he's not ready, he's not strong enough, he can't win. Struka manages to punch them into an elevator. They go up to the roof. He uses Struka's waiting power. there with his yeah. first superpower. And they're fighting. A mix of Struka fighting the monk and Struka fighting Carr. And the monk says, No, don't do it. Don't fight him. You can't win. And then Struka threatens to kill Carr if the monk doesn't give him the final verse. And the monk says, remember, you can beat him. That is literally the opposite of what you've been saying to me for the past 10 minutes. I also love what this yeah. leads into. So Struka is holding Carr uh, over the edge of the building by his throat. And yes, the, the bulletproof monk says to Carr, you can beat him. And Carr interprets this as punch him in the side of the head. That's what he means. (laughs) And so, obviously, Struka drops him, as you (laughs) would do when punched in the side of the head. surprise as much as anything. This is what I meant by one very important lesson that we are taught a couple of times, I think, is it's not about power, it's about grace. And then all he does is just fucking clock him in the side of the head as hard as possible. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit about power. No, no, it's about power. <laughs> it's mostly power. It's almost all punching them in the head. <laughs> Monk's like, oh yeah, I forgot about the head punching. You're right, it is power. <laughs> it's, 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 sorry, it's gravity doesn't exist and punch them in the temple. Yeah. Oh, congratulations, you're enlightened. <laughs> you're a monk now. It took a day. This took yeah. me 20 years to learn. He's got his superpowers. So, so he's supercar. Even saving that for this entire for now, have you? No, I just came up with it and I was waiting for waiting to get to this bit. I was like, yeah, I'm going to say it then. <laughs> <laughs> so Struka drops him, but he manages to grip the side of something somehow, some way. And then he does a flip, flip call. That's what you're building up to. <laughs> like every other yeah. point Drop in this movie, he does a flip. off the building onto some he wires. And he, yes. 
despite what Evan said, he is an electricity proof Nazi. My bad, yes. That joke was not factual. Whilst all this is going on, Jade has been rescuing other monks that were in other brain freeze machines downstairs. And so let's just point out now, Jade's been doing that. Car, not involved. Not involved in saving them. Yeah, but you know. We'll get there. Because it head upstairs into the land we end to the land of up, where people very rarely venture. And now the monk passes on his powers to Car. Car takes a knee, monk places hand on head, transfers monk powers, instantly becomes ninety-five years old. Because the reason that he transfers the powers is because Car has fulfilled the three. Prophecies. Yeah, he's fulfilled th- prophecy number three now, mind. which is free. He freed brothers he never knew with a family he never had. I don't remember uh, him yeah. doing that, but let's pretend like he has. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, sure. And as this is all happened, Struka shows up. He is an electricity-proof monk. He's now got a gun somehow. And starts a fires at the monk, but Jade gets in the way, stop gets hit by the bullet. And Sean William Scott, he does a flip, then he does a flip. No. Then he does a kick. <laughs> and Struka is kicked into a statue and he is very much not a statue proof Nazi. And he gets stabbed and crushed and turns old again, apparently. Yeah, yeah, but oh, twist! Surprise, surprise! Car, despite being the chosen one, is quite obviously mentally deficient, and so fate has decided he needs a carer. And so it turns out that Jade has also fulfilled all the prophecies, and she'll be there to take care of him for sixty years because they're in love. Because you know they met this. And morning. she caught the bullet. She didn't get hit by the bullet. She caught it and then played dead. Did she catch it? I thought she still. Yeah, yeah, had she it. caught it. Oh, I mean, got hit by it. Oh, okay. Why play dead? They have just... Exactly, why play dead? She caught the bullet. He can do the flips. Come on now. She didn't want to do the flips. Yeah. Why say you're a health inspector? I'm so (laughs) confused. (laughs) And so, movie's basically over. Thank God. We get one final scene where he delivers half of the final verse to Carl. A man who we know from a previous scene speaks fuck all Cantonese, <laughs> so understands yeah. none of it and will definitely forget it, and the other half to Jade. So now they are inseparable. Despite naming himself like that and watching God knows how many movies in which it's spoken, he hasn't picked up a word. We also get an important bit of lore in this scene, which is that once you become this uh, bulletproof monk, you have to wear brown leather. Does seem to be a rule. That's, yeah. that's the rule. She was dressed like the Scarlet Witch for some reason. She was. Yeah, and so now that he has superpowers and a multi-millionaire girlfriend, <laughs> Car is wise enough to know that even though hot dog buns come in packages of eight, no, they don't. Every time. <laughs> even <laughs> even no, though they do. Hot dogs... I think you got it right that time. <laughs> you sucked yourself out. <laughs> Even though yeah. hot dogs come in packages of ten and hot dog yep. buns come in packages of eight, you should be happy with what you have in life because you can always get a hot dog. And put it in another hot dog. <laughs> and put it in another hot dog, yeah. Yes, that is 
for some reason, the message they thought we would all relate yeah. to throughout this he movie. Is as yeah. enlightened as a Buddhist monk who had to train for years at the Temple of Light, whatever the fuck it was. I'm just thinking, when life gives you hot dogs, <laughs> have a hot dog. <laughs> When, when, when life gives you hot dogs, put them in your pocket. <laughs> uh, while we're right at the end, and uh, ex-bulletproof monk, man without a name, just monk, uh, he is aged to the age that he would be had he not not aged. He says at one point, in a bit of a throwaway line, he, he's saying that Car is not the chosen one or whatever, and he says... <clears throat> it doesn't matter if I have to search for another 60 years. I'll keep looking. What would have happened if he had searched for another 60 years? It would have been like the Last Crusade. I was going <laughs> to say, would it be the Last Crusade? <laughs> would he pass the power into the guy and then just shrivel up? Shrivel up. <laughs> he shrivel up into a little withered husk. <laughs> I'm going on a vacation now. <laughs> Imagine seeing your own future after taking the power. It's going, hang on, what? No one told me that yeah. wasn't me. Didn't get a chance to say that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the end. That is the end, isn't the it? The end. Well. I have no trivia because no one cared about this movie. Uh, well, let's find out how much people cared oh. about this movie with some lovely bad reviews. No one fucking cared about this movie. No, they did. They cared about it enough to just leave a very bland review saying that they hated it. There were not very many good, interesting, bad reviews uh, at all. What you I've, I've got a couple which are, you know, something. Half a star, shocker, watched by CrimQ. These are again from Letterboxd. Um, says, I give this movie half a star. Not because I hate it, but because I believe it transcends the medium of film itself. And in doing so, it leaves behind an empty carcass, rendering the art form useless. In that, it's the worst... In that, it's the worst movie ever made, but also in that, it becomes the best piece of art ever conceived. <laughs> I don't know why you downplayed that. That was sick. <laughs> Interesting note about this is that the... That was... Uh, Immediately after that review, the next most recently left review was from the same guy who left a previous review less than two weeks beforehand. <laughs> so he clearly enjoyed it enough to watch it twice in the space of two weeks. <laughs> and the last one, next one, last one, written by ML, gives it four stars. Kung Fu, Gun Fu, Nazis, underground crust punk gangs, Ancient scrolls with the power to control the world. Matrix bullets. Montreal backdrops pretending to be New York City. Chow Yun Fat. Stifler. And threats of testicular mutilation. You say hot steamy garbage, garbage from the turgid backwaters of 2003. I say best action movie of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a movie that came out last year that's the same as that? No, not at all. Oh, right. Just that's just they the movie. It, this, right. this movie uh, holds up. Well, as you were describing it, it did sound familiar. 
two other movies of this era. But hey, that was great. Uh, Thank you, Sam. There are no Stifler movies in 2022. Oh, that's yes, I didn't oh, think of that. There really aren't. Well, God, we've reached that point well. finally, haven't we? Sam, do you want to do it this week? I always bloody do it. I mean, I'll give it a go, but I always get the name wrong. Carl. So you think that was good, do you? No one ever to ask me. Carl. <laughs> so you think that was good, do you? Now ask yourself. I'm conflicted, mate. Oh. I wanted to come back to this because I said earlier, the hate this movie gets. I remembered enjoying it as an 11, 12-year-old. And then I saw many people online say, believing it was one of the worst movies of the noughties. But I've still got a little bit of love for it, so I'm going to say that I, I think it's good. I, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. A bit of nostalgia for Carl, and I'm sure not for you too. Well, Sam, tell us what you thought. No nostalgia for me. I'd never seen it before. Uh, I don't have any link to this. Um, I... I don't know. I suppose I'm a bit conflicted. I get that. I get why it gets all the hate that it does, but I don't relate to any of it because I enjoyed this in the same way I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. I love the shit green screen. I love the stupid flips. I've always been partial to a ridiculous kung fu scene, um, and even though it's got all these dead end plot lines and stuff, again, this is going to sound really similar to my feedback from last week i enjoyed it so i'm gonna say yes i do think it was good do i and i think that all of the uh angry reviewers online are missing the point all right what about you ev well excitingly for a second week in a row we all bloody agree and bloody enjoyed this movie because i had a great time i had seen this previously uh and it was like Carl, one of my go-to films when I was younger, much like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, I don't see what was wrong with this. It wasn't great. It wasn't like, you know, the pinnacle of kung fu movies, but I didn't really see the flaws even in this watch. It was just a a fun movie I was watching. I was worried I wouldn't have any notes because I was just sat enjoying it. So it, yeah, I uh, I had a really great time with this. God, what's happened to us? I We're so optimistic. Start of a new year. New year, new us. <laughs> yeah. March time. That's when things will get real bad again. <laughs> yes, well, that's great then. Thank you, boys. Is that everything? It's all from me. Lovely jubbly. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you, boys, for joining me. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and follow us over on Twitter at So You Think Pod to find out what we'll be watching next week. Until then, goodbye.